Ladies and gentlemen, we have entered a soundstage at 20th Century Fox Studio for a visit with Nunnally Johnson, writer, producer, and director who gave you How to Marry a Millionaire and the man in the gray flannel suit. Mr. Johnson is directing the exciting young star Joanne Woodward, David Wayne, and Lee J. Cobb in The Three Faces of Eve. There are three characters in Three Faces of Eve who occupy one body, female. This female is married. This is a true story of the most completely documented case of multiple personality in the history of medicine. The book from which this account was taken, also called The Three Faces of Eve, is the Reader's Digest book club choice. Maybe he wants to get Bonnie away from me. You mean by divorce? No, sir, maybe not that, but... If he could make me believe I'm losing my mind. Is that what you think he's trying to do? Well, I don't know what else it could be, the way he tells it. Am I? She is a bit livelier then as the second of the personalities. Eve Black. A girl who learns nothing better than a few hookers of gin and a romp with a stranger. Don't you want to give me one? Well, I've never seen you take a drink before. Hey, there are a lot of things you've never seen me do before. There's no sign I don't do. Oh, thrill me. Let your kisses thrill me. Just like you and you alone can do. Hold me, honey, and fold me. Never hold me from you. And then this third specimen of young womanhood finally emerges. Oh, please, please, Mama, please don't make me. Please, please don't make me, Mama. Please don't. Please, please don't. <laughs> What happened, Jane? She made me, she made me kiss her. No! Man, talk about giving away the ending in the trailer. I know. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess, presumably, um, you know, since it's a real story, people they assume that people would have heard about it in the news and and everything, and and that's why they'd be going to see it. But still, you think that they want to give a little bit. Of it. <laughs> um, they seem to handle it a little bit more tactfully in that, though. You know what I mean? Like really lean into like, oh, this is a true story. This is this woman's uh, life, and she has three personalities, and this is like a real case study, rather than kind of, I don't know. I felt like the movie kind of. Uh, lead into like the fantastical parts of it a little bit. Yeah, this uh, trailer seemed to make it feel a lot more mundane than it. They really made it in the film. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild, frankly. I mean, yeah, I thought so. You know, personality should introduce us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to Movie Night Extravaganza. This is episode seventy-one. Um, I am here with, you know, all three of my other personalities. Um, <laughs> starting with, starting with J. Andrew Eve Six World. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid, that's a solid opening name. 
illustrator, artist, apparently Eve Six uh, fan. Honestly, you know, that song kind of slaps. Fabulous yeah. Twitter presence. That's all I'm going to say. Fabulous. Yeah, Max is lovely. They invited uh, Jake Flores on tour with them for some reason. I don't know, like I don't know what the what the combination is of like stand up and 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 band, but well, it's not it the first time it's happened. I mean, uh, Vance Gilbert was uh, opener for um, uh, oh geez, now I'm going to forget his name. Uh, Rufus from uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, Brian Posehn's gone on tour with a bunch of like. You uh, forgot. You forgot players. George Carlin's name. <laughs> For a moment. <laughs> oh, you know, the guy from Bill and Ted. Oh, you mean George Carlin? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bill and Ted is most famous for all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that guy. Did he ever do anything else? I, I don't know. I live under a rock. You know the, you know the guy from uh, the Roadhead guy from Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm also joined by, you know, Protonic Reversal and Coda Neutron and the Secret Personalities. No, Coda Neutron right. and the Secret Friends. Uh, Coda Eve Black neutron over here uh the the uh the sluttier one of the co-hosts <laughs> goddamn right yeah <laughs> uh pleasure to be here uh, i am very excited to talk about this movie and uh to hear the uh the movie night madness theme writ large like in in the show yeah. proper you know I, I it came out the video too it came out like a lot uh cooler than i thought i think because i was i was kind of really shot when yeah. i was putting together the, the the clips of it um but you know what? We're also joined by Marina Dove, uh, video essayist, um, you know, uh, co-host of Log Off already. Although you guys are on hiatus, I think right now. Um, yeah, we're we're coming back with a new show. We're gonna be called something different. Probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely for the best. <laughs> but friend of the show and a welcome personality that has not been on in uh, quite some time. And it's you know, it's been back. a minute. It has. I'm happy to be here. We all live on the internet together, so it feels like we see each other all the time, but that is not actually true. Well, I see you guys way too much, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no. Last last week was a blessing. Very, you know? very I, was, nice I was playing shows instead of seeing seeing you guys. It's great. Um or were you really? Were were you, were you just uh, repressed from Conan's uh from from Forrest's actual uh personality? No. Maybe that's maybe this is a cover story that I uh yeah exactly who, who yeah. can tell truly who amongst us getting that? getting rejected in front of the whole school you know made my personality split so now I have a, a <laughs> personality on on that side I have a, a, a an artist personality down there you know what I mean like it's crazy considering all the stuff I do I feel like I got to split personality sometimes let me tell you but anyway <laughs> I don't think I can make those kinds of jokes anymore but. Yeah, from from here on from here on out, we should probably handle this a little bit more more uh, tactfully because it is a movie. About, <laughs> what a nice uh, change of pace that would be! Yeah, <laughs> it is a movie about mental illness. Um, yes, the woman the woman that movie's about actually ended up having twenty two personalities by the end of. Uh, I guess at some point she got cured, um, presumably, but it wasn't anywhere near when she first started with the three personalities, and uh, she was like an artist, so she would actually paint. And like um, each each like personality would actually have its own style of painting, and I remember seeing that a long time ago on Facebook. Like they had a, they had a video of it from like some new show or from Vice or something where they followed her around and she was showing them all the paintings and like you know describing what each one of the personalities were. It was like one of my uh, random like Facebook rabbit holes last year, and then I realized it was the same woman. I was like, oh shit! But um, 
Yeah, but and she ended up not even being able to come up with names for them. She called them like Purple Girl, Strawberry Girl, like I don't know, like stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> it must get tiring to be to like come up with like distinct names for all of them eventually, you know. Just be like, ah, oh, whatever. Your name is Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I grabbed parts of the actual case study. Um this is presumably kind of uh, I mean, it's based on the real story, but also based on a documentary that they did um, where they took like words right out, like the, the whatever transcript right out of it and kind of copied it. So you'll see a lot of the same. Um, and, and we can pause it between between um, between personalities, I guess. But uh, this is this is what it was actually like to, to I guess, interact with her. Well, these days. You're tired. You're tired. You felt tired for some little time, haven't you? Yes. I see. Do you hope and expect that this will all soon be terminated? Yes. How do you feel about that? I think Jane will be the one. You feel that she will be the one? Yes. How do you feel personally about it, though? But it's just something that's got to be. I want to get well, and if that's the only way to get well, that's the way I want it. Do you feel that you will be in any part of it? No, I don't feel that way. Does it cause you distress? In a way, I worry about Sarah. You feel that she may not be taken care of? Do you regret going, or what's your feeling about No. I'm tired. Can I speak with Eve Black now? Sure. Eve Black? Are you there? the trip over today? Yeah. It was disappointing, though, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, you know, I, I thought we'd just zoom through space and then we were just creeping along like a little caterpillar. I didn't even feel like I was doing That's your first airplane ride? How do you like all this? I think it's real exciting. Do you? Don't you? Yeah, it's very interesting. I guess it is interesting in a way. I think it's more exciting than interesting. How long have you been out? Huh? How long have you been out? Do you mean in all? Mm-hmm. Off and on all my life. All your life. You remember some things that happened in your childhood? Yes. You remember things that happened to Eve White? Mm-hmm. I know everything that happened to us. But you don't seem to have as much educational background. How is that? I guess I just wasn't interested. Why? In getting an education, you have to study. Well, somebody had to study. Not really, not. She didn't have to. Well, she did in order to get an education, didn't she? She wanted one, though, but I didn't. Why didn't you learn as she went along? I guess I just didn't pay any attention. Where were you when she studied? I don't know. 
So yeah, those are the first two personalities. And then they also have uh, Jane in this, but I wanted to stop it there because it kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of going on for a while. But you can see that the dialogue, a lot of it is taken right out of the, um, yeah. the movie. Yeah, eerily, like, similar. Um, they're spot on. <laughs> yeah, the, ca- the, ca- the cadence is, is pretty bang on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, obviously, it, it's, you know, the what is being said, like, fits doesn't fit quite as neatly into a rat-a-tat plot, but, like, yeah. It ended up being the uh, the first movie in, like, I, I think a couple decades that won Best Actress for Joanne Woodward's performance, which was really amazing, but also... Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Well yeah. Um, I don't think it's a particularly well-crafted or well- or interestingly made movie, but I think her performance is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I think a better film would have actually allowed her to to actually you know present each character so we would know you know better who she was just by her body language because like um uh, there's a a uh, BBC miniseries called Jekyll and um, I'm blanking on the actor who starred in it but you could always tell if he was Jekyll or Hyde depending on his his uh, body language because he he was like a foot taller when he was uh, Mr Hyde. Uh, but, but it's, you know, it, it, it's just all the way he was uh, standing and everything that she was doing that stuff too. But because we, we were like, so like handheld through the film, we never really got to, you know, um, I guess maybe the director didn't feel confident enough to, to make a movie like that or the writer or whatever. I don't know whose decision that, you know, <clears throat> that, that comes down to, but, but like, uh, I, which I think it's the same person, right? It was, uh, written directed by the same guy. So it was so it was written um, written and directed by the same guy, uh, not only Johnson, but it was also uh, written by the two um, doctors yeah. along with him. The, they wrote the book, did. right? Um, yeah, they had done. You you hear them interviewing her in that. Uh, yeah, in this, that's the same doctor that ended up co-writing it with him, and um, which is which is kind of fascinating, right? Like they really did crib it right from the uh, right from the case study, which is something they did a couple years earlier with. Um, Naked City, which was a police procedural yeah. noir film where they kind of... They Another like, rip from the headlines movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was kind of a, a trend, I think, for a while where, you know, if, if you were trying to handle something that was um, maybe a little bit more controversial, whether it was mental illness, whether it was crime, something like that, like, you could just go right from the headlines. And then I think, you know, the censors probably wouldn't uh, come after you as much because you could be like, look, it, like, it happened. I'm just, you know, kind of making yeah. a, a semi-documentary. Get mad at the news, not me. <laughs> Neil Gaiman published a book once and was uh, sued for like uh, by, by uh, Norway, I think it was, for pornography. And his whole defense was it came from the Bible. <laughs> Which, to Take be fair, there's God. A, yeah, there's quite a bit of nudity in the, in the, the Bible and uh, people knowing each other biblically as a phrase. You know? Yeah, so. like listen, if you're uh, you know if you want to censor God, go ahead, but. You're gonna get the cancel culture release after you. Pretty fucking bad for that one. <laughs> but yeah, it, it also had a feel of uh, Psycho at the end too, like like, like when uh, they explained everything. You know, the, the, <laughs> the Vox explainer at the end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Marina, had you uh, have you had you seen this before? Uh, agreeing to come on to talk about this one. No, I hadn't seen it before, so I was actually pretty interested to see how. Um, how they were going to portray everything. Um, but I think I was just more shocked by like being able to smoke in a hospital. 
<laughs> it is kind of wild, right? You're like, wow. <laughs> there's times. like lighting up, like completely different times. Um, but Same yeah, I, I I found it like like it was definitely uh, dramatized, and the the little trailer we watched made it seem a little bit more like mundane than it was. But it was overall just like a very kind of calm, matter of fact movie. Like it wasn't. Um, it, it didn't feel like, like it, it was obviously like exploitation because I, I read a little bit of how they got her rights and she may not have understood what it was she was signing away when she gave that, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't know, not a, a, like torture porn, trauma porn or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, we don't know what's wrong with this lady. And she's just, just doing this thing. <laughs> like one of her personalities is just thought, like, <laughs> which I love. See, I don't, I don't know if, See, I don't, I don't know when that kind of came into it because when she, um, later on, uh, you know, Three Faces of Eve had kind of been a, a famous movie. It was like the 90s or something. She was cured. Um, and another uh, company wanted to make another movie based on her life. And uh, 20th Century Fox said, like, no, we own the rights to this. So, like, no one else can make a movie about it. So that's when she kind of said, well, you know, I was kind of crazy back then. And I had, like, I had multiple personalities. She literally signed it with her four personalities. She each of her personalities signed the form that she uh, gave away to them. So it, it's interesting. Because now, now the question we, is, are the royalties a four-way split? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why she had to murder the other three personalities. And <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you got to pick a piece of the pie, man, you know? <laughs> um, no, so, so that kind of makes it interesting, right? Because it's not like... It's not like they bought her story and then turned it into something. She saw none of the money, and then, um, and then you know, she she was like, "Oh, wait a second. Like, it's kind of like decades later, uh, someone else wanted to make a movie, and she could have, you know, made a lot of money from that. Which, I mean, I, I would have done the same thing, but like, you know, so who knows how much exploitation was really involved in it? Um, considering it was the two doctors that really did the case study that did co-write the movie. Right. It seems more, it, it felt more like a just dramatized uh, documentary than, than any, like when, when it's like based on a true story, you're like, oh, this is about to be some weird shit. No, this was very much like, like seeing the, the interview that they did with the actual woman, like they were, she was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Which speaks um, a lot to John Woodward's acting ability as well, because he's a total badass in this and like, yeah you know I lauded justifiably yeah she's she's fantastic i mean every yeah. every time she's doing and i think also that uh, kind of speaking a little bit to an earlier andy point i think you actually can kind of like there there are subtle things that she does that you can kind of tell like oh wait oh it's someone different now like but it it's so subtle and they don't take advantage of it uh, directorially like at all it's more interested in like no let's get over the next plot point this and that which is which is kind of a shame because i think that uh, as as compelling as her performances could have made the story a little more uh given a little more stakes I, I think to to have that but it made it was interesting because i was trying to think of like all the different movies that have done like a three faces of Eve kind of thing since then, but sort of like more finely honed it and more like made it, um, you know, uh, e either much more obvious or like used it as like a, uh, a, a different kind of plot point where you don't get the, the reveal till later on. Whereas in this case, it tells, you know, you literally have a guy on the screen explaining to you what you're about to see. And it's pretty like, on I like the, I like the here's line. what it is. <laughs> I like the line where he's essentially describing an eating disorder and he's like, 
inside every fat man is a thin man waiting to get out. Oh, yeah. That, that was like, talk about oh, stuff that hasn't aged just, well. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. that poor thin man got eaten. <laughs> well, and, and also, oh, Mandy. Uh, also, like, this is very much a product of its time. Like, the internalized misogyny of, like, literally every character is, is pretty astounding. Not the least of which is the, the husband who sucks so bad. Oh, my he God, sucks. he sucks. But the doctor kind of knows that he sucks. And that kind of makes for one of the funniest scenes in the movie. When yeah. he's sitting down with him trying to explain it. And he's like, um, uh, wait, I, I wrote down the exact line that he said when he's when he's explaining the thing to him. I'm going to slap the crazy out of you or something like that. <laughs> No, the, when the when the doctor's sitting down with him and trying to explain her does, psychiatric yeah. condition, and um, oh, he, get, he goes, um, "What I want you to understand is this is an actual mental condition. She's not faking it. She can't help it. But that doesn't mean she's psychotic or crazy. Do you understand?" And he says, "No, sir." And has that blank fucking Patrick ass yeah, look on his face. And then he goes, "He goes, all right. Let, let me try to break it down." He's like, "In the first place, no one has ever defined the personality as a psychopathological." And then you just zoom in, like it's. A good shot in the guy's like, face. I'm just, just like, just clearly not getting it in any way, shape, or form. Of, of like, no comprendo. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so that's so the the second best performance in in, in the movie is is assuredly the doctor. He's he's great. Mm -hmm. Like it's he's he's really great in it as well. And not the least of which is just trying to like navigate. You know, treating this patient who has this like kind of difficult to understand um, uh, thing happening to her, but then also, yeah, trying to explain to this freaking you know big galumphing doofus that just doesn't get anything. And by the way, if I was married to a dude like that, I would I would consider making up multiple personalities myself. So maybe that you know just to get out of freaking having to hear about his day or whatever. Uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the actor is uh, Lee J. Cobb. Is the Lee um, J. Cobb? Thank you. Yeah, yeah I can remember. I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to look through his. He has so many. I was trying to think of how to pronounce "galumping." So you know, that was actors. Like, actors used to get like a yeah. Actors used to get to get like a contract too, and they would just be in all these different things, and they would just keep using because he's like a character actor. But I'm yeah. trying to remember what he, I saw. He's the that, that guy of that time. Oh, it's that guy. It's, he's in. He's in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he was in The Exorcist. He was in, uh, in I don't know, there's too much stuff to even list. I'm trying to see if there's anything on here that I've seen, like, within the last amount of, like, whatever. I mean, On the Waterfront. He's Johnny Friendly and On the on the Waterfront. Oh, so, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, like, I mean, it, it's, it's I think the Doctor character is is pretty cool because, yeah, you, you get to see him kind of navigate how to talk to the different personalities right and he kind of has a different approach to each one and he doesn't make a big deal about it or anything but he also is you know like for instance like like he wax continues to like try to like shake him and kind of like you know try to feel him out and stuff and he just has a different approach with her you know and it's it's kind of it's it's pretty cool i think it's it's a their, their relationship also evolves throughout the course yeah. of the movie which i i feel like is kind of uh really cool because you can see in in, in that and i'll play the last uh personality in a second but you can see kind of it's a lot more clinical, at least on, on tape within this uh, thing, right? In the movie, they did flesh it out, and it does feel like he has this multiplayer relationship with her. And, like, I don't, I don't know. There's some, like, I, I understand why this is, but it is kind of funny that there's the other doctor, Dr. Day or whatever, that's with him. 
and they yeah. like he's like he's like would you recognize a multiple personality disorder person if like you know if you saw one and he's like i don't know and then he's like <laughs> well, i bought a baker though and it's like you can't spot them how, <laughs> how you yeah them yeah <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah Classic of its time too, like you know. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I also like to, they, this the is whole a, thing this like is a disorder that uh, you know, like you really have to see to under like to to believe, I guess, right? Like you really have to see um, somebody suffering from this. So you have to kind of hear your stories about it. There isn't a lot of information about it. There is, I mean, there's Doctor Jekyll and Miss like uh, and Mister Hyde. Like there's that story, but that's kind of a fictional, a fictionalized account of like a, a similar thing. Um, there's also, I think, that one guy that got a. I was thinking about this this morning because I was thinking about lobotomies. But there's the one guy that got the, um, I think his name is something Gage that got the thing through his head, and oh, yeah, uh, the iron spike, yeah, yeah. And mm. his personality split off from that. But it's not something that's well known, and it's not something that doctors really know how to treat. Um, it's interesting that they're like, oh well, all we have to do is really dissolve all three personalities into one, which is presumably in this case how you do deal with it. But it's it's interesting that like. They understand that at least that much of it. Well, well, and you got to think about historically, right? This is before every soap opera had this as like a trope of like, oh, it's like, you know, it's this, this actor or actress gets to play like, you know, like a good role and a bad role because like, oh, it's a split personality or whatever. Like that wasn't an everyday thing. This was something that was relatively new, like within the zeitgeist at the time, like people didn't under even understand it. <laughs> but I think that that's but but now like we think of it it's just like oh yeah that's just the thing that like you know uh you can you can use when you just go uh, well, what's the plot this week gonna be I don't know it's but personality great you know <laughs> whereas at the time it just was was sort of this this crazy whoa it's like multiple people but it's one person oh wow how crazy you know what's what, what must the husband feel off. like burr, 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 you know it's either that they kill the person off and they're like whoa it's their cousin same yeah, actor, yeah, though. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Soap opera tropes are are, are just are, are wonderful in their absolute simplicity and just not giving a single fuck if it's plausible or not. Like, you know, you got to love it. But they're cranking this out, like, you know, like, you know, a few weeks. So, yeah. All right. So this is the, this Anyways, is the last soap opera. Am I right? <laughs> Conan, stop watching so much daytime TV. I know. Apparently. <laughs> Could I speak with Jane? Jane? It is real exciting, Dr. <laughs> you enjoyed the trip over? Yes, I do. How do you feel about the future? I'm optimistic. Do you think that you will be the surviving one? Or? I think that's difficult to say right now. Do you feel hopeful? Yes, I'd like to live. What do you feel about the little girl? Well, she seems like my own now. Hmm. I've been around her quite a while. I see. You're rather looking forward to it? Yes. You don't mind the responsibilities and obligations? Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of future plan for yourself? At the present, no. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool seeing the actual person. Yeah. 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 And then I grabbed, I grabbed a few of these different uh, situations, including one of her after, after the fact. And they kind of, uh, they seem to have dramatized the actual case study so that, mm -hmm. um, 
so that at the end, like you're left with her and they kind of do it the same way that the movie does, which is a, you know, kind of a fascinating way to do it because it didn't actually cure her. So they kind of make it seem, I think that he did. And like that she's kind of planning out which one of these personalities is going to end up being the one that actually triumphs. And it's like, how can you possibly know that? <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, you know, it, 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 I wonder if they just felt they could like slap on a quote unquote happy ending or whatever on it because it was sort of like bleak territory or what. Although really like when you get the rationale for like why like she is the way that she is, it's sort of like, huh? And yeah. then it's like when you when yeah. you see act, how the actual person like the trauma she has, like, oh that makes sense. That yeah. I get. <laughs> but we're just like, oh, she was like under a house, and uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. What, what? I thought they were gonna say, I thought they were gonna say like, oh, no, don't make me kiss her, don't make me kiss. I thought they were gonna have her like the mom like do something to her, and I was like, oh fuck. So they yeah, yeah, yeah. Play beforehand, and I was happy that it was it wasn't that. But then yeah, it's no, way it darker than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, Marina, go ahead. Oh no, that's exactly. I thought I was like, is this because because you often I don't know think of like wanting to dissociate from reality comes with right. some kind of traumatic event, and that didn't seem that traumatic. <laughs> like not to downplay yeah. people's trauma, but like having to kiss a corpse is not like that. Doesn't I don't feel like that would make you lose your shit like that and like yeah. almost kill your kid. And I mean, yeah. it's not like the the exactly. is yes, like yes. bleeding, you know, because Grandma just got hit by a car, and we're <laughs> going to make you kiss Grandma. But but no, she's been cleaned up by the morticians. Yeah. <laughs> she's embalmed. Like there's yeah. nothing. Like she's not rotting. She's literally just there and just stuffed Grandma. Right. I yeah. So the actual the actual story behind it is that she um, was like six or seven years old, saw a guy that had drowned, like she was at a place the guy drowned kind of in front of their family or whatever and uh just happened to be at a watering hole which is something that happens and then within the same month she was at a lumber mill they were touring the lumber mill and the guy got ripped in half by the saw right in front of her that would make me yeah insane. if i, I, I saw it. that as a six-year-old that <laughs> yeah, would make me right. <laughs> completely nuts so, yeah, they, so you realize that like you know <laughs> they get to the bottom of that and it's like oh fuck like but that is I feel like people used to die way more, like in weird circumstances, like early, <laughs> early no, but like well, you know, before there's, OSHA. There's, yeah, no, no. I feel like I feel like decades ago, right? Like people weren't necessarily fully conscious of all the different ways, like all the ways you could really um, kind of protect yourself. People were working in in these big industrial sectors that, like, you know, could have just, you know, people would just kind of go into the machine because no one really was paying attention to how the machine actually worked to get sawed in half, like. It's unfortunate that both those things would have happened in the same month, but like it does kind of make sense. I, I feel like from like an early twentieth century standpoint, when you're like, oh, this is like nineteen twenties or nineteen thirties or something, and like you know, people aren't really like, oh, we should be really safe about this giant saw. Like, so someone like either trips or something and leans into it and gets sawed right in half. I'm like, all right, well, that's that kind of makes sense for the time, I guess. Like, I feel like people used to die. I mean, there's literal like plagues and like you know Spanish flu and stuff like that. Like the bodies and like multiple world wars. Like it feels like life was kind of cheaper in a way back then. Like nobody was really paying attention to how many different ways you could really get pulled apart by things because it's just like there's so much terrifying. <laughs> it's like living in Australia right it's now. It's a veritable smorgasbord, people. Like you get pulled apart <laughs> in so many different ways. <laughs> it's like it's a not buffet like industrial of accidents anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, we, we industrialized rapidly. 
like not to get all socialist about this, but like we industrialized incredibly rapidly and went into an economy that we weren't really prepared for where giant machines were kind of running everything and nobody really was like, hey, maybe workers should be protected from these giant machines. No, right. like you would be in a, in a... No, you send children in there to fix them. Yeah, right. literally. Right. They got those little hands. They can, they can, <laughs> yeah. uh, if a guy falls it. into the vat of lard, it's just extra seasoning. How did that skinny guy get into that fat guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a good callback. Actually. Listen, sometimes you find a thumb in something, and you're like, "That's the, that's the prize. That's the prize that you know." It's my lucky thumb. Keep it with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, like so. So I think that kind of made sense to me in that way. I'm like, "All right, well, this is like a time where everything kind of felt a lot more uh, terrifying. At least you know, right now, like there isn't that many safety valves, and like that could conceivably be the case that you know, number one, someone drowns." Which still happens all the fucking time, but like then, yeah. then you know you're at a you're at a your family's like let's go toward the local lumber mill. There's nothing else to do, you know. Like yeah, yeah. we listen to the radio for we listen to the radio for uh, sixty hours this week. We're bored of that. Let's go toward the local lumber mill, and then they're like, oh man, there's somebody that his intestines are out. That's that sucks for him. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very gushy. Like I feel yeah that. Say what you will about Victorian children, but <laughs> probably probably would be a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The ones that didn't get eaten by Queen Victoria, of course. But, um, exactly. <laughs> or or the um, blood used to keep her alive as long as she was. Yeah, I feel like there's there's a lot more discussion of dismemberment of, on this movie than I felt that there was going to be. But uh, I think these these are all good points that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the, we just didn't have, like, like think about culturally now, everyone's able to become an armchair expert at anything by like, you know, looking at their phone and tapping, tapping their thumbs for like 10 seconds, right? And, and we had to, you know, culturally kind of get up to speed on even the idea of what uh, differently aligned um, mental illness as it has come to be known um, and different, you know, dissociative identity disorders and stuff like that. What those were, I mean, think about like, what, what did, uh, when did the, when did like the modern DSM uh, come out? I can't even remember, uh, but like, I mean, they, they come out every couple of years, you know? Yeah. But what, when, when did they start actually putting in, um, uh, they, they, there was a big, it was a big thing for a while. They did, they didn't. I mean, they had like you know hysteria in there at one point, you know. Yeah, and, and four <laughs> said that uh, uh, homosexuality was a, was a mental disorder. Well, exactly, right. Les yeah. lesbianism specifically was yes. the one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then, and then, of course, they, you know, they've constantly revised them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, just in the same way that they used to think that, like, there was an element called phlogiston that caused fire before they understand the principles of combustion, you know, and that, that's a, uh, we learn and we change, hopefully. But, I, I, you know, again, there was so little understood about actual mental illness. It was usually just used as a uh, kind of plot point for, like, why someone would murder, you know, in that same way, there was always like, oh, they're just a drifter of some kind, right? And especially, like, you know, post-World War II, uh, and you know depression um, depression post world war 2 there was there were a lot of like quote unquote drifters and like it was a very easy way to have like a like a plot point uh or or a character that you could just don't have to worry about too much about a backstory to pin something on 
So anyway, multiple personality disorder, I think, is again, I think we think of it as like, all right. But this is, I, I think, is an interesting movie because it is one of the first depictions of that. And it does so in a way that is not, you know, just despite the, like the 50s trapping of like, you know, moralistic, uh, you know, resting state of like patriarchal misogyny, uh, it, it doesn't really get too judgy about it. It's just sort of like, oh, wow, like it's crazy. This woman has like a few people inside of her. And yeah. like, here's what it looks like. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not voyeuristic. Right, exactly. It doesn't feel exploited, I guess is the, yeah. is the, one, yeah. the best way to put it. Thank you, Marina. Yeah. No, they seem they seem um, very um, uh, clinical about it, and I, I'm sure that is because it is a real story. They're kind of taking off the page. They don't want to just make things up and have this woman come out and be like, "Oh, this isn't my life at all." You know, they're just kind of making this up. So they get very um, down into the weeds. I think about the clinical nature of it, and it, you don't really expect that with something from the '50s at all. Um, no, it's actually very forward forward looking in that way, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have this, I have this video of her, uh, talking about her disassociated disassociations because it's no longer called multiple personality disorder. It's called, uh, like something dis disassociative identity disorder, I think. Yeah. Um, dissociative identity disorder. That's correct. Yeah. So there was, uh, NBC kind of followed her around and I, I pulled this, but then I realized that I didn't, uh, save it. So, um, this is uh, about to be her, her talking about it in like the 90s when, you know, things, weirdly enough, kind of did get more, well, 1989, I guess. Things that were kind of more exploitative, I think, in some ways at that point. Like, they were just like, oh, what can make really good trash TV? And it's like, well, this woman with multiple personalities kind of uh, be, our, be our object of, like, fascination. I, I, I wonder about that, right? Like, TV um, as, a, as, a, as a medium, kind of turning this stuff into, like, daytime TV uh, fodder, but. Oh yeah, like Jerry Springer show and such, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, this is an NBC News thing that I found um, <laughs> where they're kind of, it's a couple of different interviews of her where they're kind of talking through her story. This is during the time, by the way, that uh, they had taken her rights and said um, like, oh, 20th Century Fox won't let you make another movie about it. So I think she's kind of fighting for that too. really Chris Sizemore, who is now 61, continued over the next 20 years to develop 19 more personalities. And they continued to come, she says, in groups of three. In the last group, there was one called the Purple Lady. She thought she was 58 years old and she wore bifocals. Coexisting with her was the Strawberry Girl, who thought she was 21 years old and could read from the telephone directory without glasses. Also in that group was the retrace lady, and she was the intellectual of the three. Now Mrs. Sizemore has written her own soon-to-be-published book about her recent life as a healthy person and as a mental health advocate. The actor Sissy Spacek wanted to buy the rights to this book for a movie, but was stopped by 20th Century Fox, which claims that it owns the rights to Mrs. Sizemore's entire life story. The studio offers as proof contract Mrs. Sizemore signed in 1956 when The Three Faces of Eve was made. But Mrs. Sizemore says she was mentally ill at the time and points out her four names. Who signed that contract? It was a personality that we have referred to as Evelyn Lancaster over the years. I think that 
uh, E Black, E White, and Jane still were in existence because their name is typed on the document also. Certainly, I did not sign Mrs. Sizemore, who was paid $7,000 for the signature, is now suing Fox. Our first position is that the contract does not give them anything more than the right to do her life for the three phases of these period. And second, um, the result would simply be unconscionable. You cannot take someone's life 30 years ago for a very small sum of money and expect to own it for the rest of their natural lives. 20th Century Fox, which declined to be interviewed, has until March 27th to respond to the suit. Meanwhile, the woman whose illness has won more credibility and understanding in recent years is living peacefully in Florida with her singular self and with the memory of all those others. Today, I know that they are a part of me. So I'm the sum total of all of them. But you know, I think I'm more than that today. I've become my very own person too. When I was just two years old, I saw a man taken from a dead who apparently had drowned. And I heard the word death, and then I saw the scene that revolved around that. And about two weeks later, I saw a man cut in half at a lumber mill. To help young Chris deal with the horror she'd seen, 22 personalities emerged. They're so real. Their tone of voice changes, their facial expressions are different, their skills are different. But seven of the 22 could paint. This was painted by the retrace lady. The Smithsonian offered Chris $125,000 for it. Here's the work of the strawberry girl who only ate strawberries. And this is a self-portrait of the purple lady who saw herself with brown hair and eyes. Chris's art was on display at Charter Hospital recently, including this painting done by Chris. And after 20 years of therapy, all of her personalities have integrated into one. I know I'm the sum total of all 22 of those personalities, but today I think I'm more than that. I think I've become my very own person as well. Good for her. I'm glad at least some of them are paying rent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine having multiple like personalities and none of them fucking know how to do shit? <laughs> They're just all bimbos. Yo, it would suck to be the two that can't paint though. She was like yeah. nine, and two of them are like two of them are just useless. And you're like, paint something. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like everybody like any case I've heard of this, they always have like a couple that are like infants or very young. So I get it. Like. Yeah. We don't believe in child labor, um, but yeah, put those personalities to work, girl. <laughs> well, it, it makes me think of uh, Doom Patrol, which uh, <laughs> if, if the character Crazy Jane was, you know, based on at least a partially because one of the one of the three base of Eve, of course, is Jane is based on that. But there is like, yeah, there's like the like the sort of young, younger, younger child personality. Right. I, I was actually thinking of Legion from uh, New Mutants. Uh, well, yeah, and, and and the excellent FX show as well. Like yes, best representations of uh, X Men ever on the on TV. But a, any of those will work. But yeah, just having like the wildly different kinds, and again, in some cases, wildly not suited for adventure and action kind of uh, kind of personality. Of like, oh no, we don't want that that personality in charge right now. That's going to be terrible for us. Um, what do you guys all think about um, her versus, you know, seeming, seemingly older, I guess, versus the uh, 
you know, the, the kind of three personality version in the beginning, it seems like she has changed um, a lot. And it also seems like she's realized that she can kind of cash in on that, uh, you know, that affect, which is, you know, good for her. Um, but like, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that the movie kind of ends with her um, consolidating those personalities. And it actually did seem to take her, uh, you know, kind of decades to do that. Right. Cause like, um, you know, how much of your kind of, uh, association is in part to you being married to someone you clearly hate, like, it's like you hate your yeah. marriage so much that you just become a thought, like, <laughs> and, and so like what, like what part of the culture that she lived in contributed to just worsening mental health? Like if you've always, if you've always had this issue since childhood, like, of course, you're just going to continue to develop more personalities and act out of control. Um, especially if no one has ever seen this before, other than like thinking that you're possessed by literal demons. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Right. And, and again, as I, as I pointed out earlier, like, you know, if, hey, who wouldn't want to escape if you were married to that dude? That yeah. Sucks. <laughs> so it makes can't, sense. Can't, that, can't yeah. It makes sense that some of the therapy would be like synthesizing yourself to a point where you can, embrace those feelings that you have like i'm sure you were sexually repressed and that's why you turn into like you would have no recollection of this thing that you've done because you've just you're so traumatized and so beat down that you just tap out of reality and put on this other face because i and, think and that's like my understanding of, of like how the actual disorder works is that yeah you you do this so that you can deal with whatever feelings it is you have right it seems like it seems like her e white personality uh, at least in the movie is all of the things that kind of society expects of you like you know being mm -hmm. docile being peaceful beautiful like, oh, wife yeah i definitely wasn't expecting that part at the end like i wasn't expecting it to end with the the like young the or like the youngest personality that we see actually being the the like better option. I was just like, well, I guess she's just, they're just going to lock her up. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This is probably just going to suck for her at the end. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Well, so it, it seems like her. Um, so yeah, all of those kind of uh, incredibly repressed, incredible, incredibly um, stifled tendencies kind of are in her personality that she sees as her main one. Like she sees it as herself. And then obviously, you know, her thought personality is her like more fun ones. It's interesting that she can sing in, in the E black personality. And then, I mean, I don't know if she can or not, you know, in, in the E white personality, but it does seem like it's kind of that night and day where it's like, you know, all, all of the things that make you human really like, you know, wanting to go out and dance, like wanting to go out and, and sing, um, associate with people, not just be with this one fucking weird redneck guy that seems to be like a little bit mentally slow. Like he doesn't seem... Like the way that the guy plays that character, at least, it doesn't seem like he's cognitively yeah. all there. Like not the quickest study necessarily, even if yeah, intelligence oh, he's notwithstanding. Gonna yeah. beat the mental illness out of her. Like, is that yeah. how you deal? Does you beat the cancer? Like, you're gonna right. beat the common cold out of me, buddy? Like, come on. Yeah, put on the boxing gloves and get in the ring. You know, like let's go. Like that's yeah, just gonna make it worse. Like you're just gonna make more. <laughs> you're just gonna make more of these. And then one of them's gonna kill you, and then what? Well, so that's so that 
kind of leads into you know we briefly talked about psycho psycho comes out like you know, like what three years later or something along those lines and then that kind of became because psycho is so every face of you it, it is good it's good and it's more important i think than like a fantastic movie but like psycho change what people think of when they think of multiple personalities they, they, they automatically equate it with um you know like a uh, uh, being a um a, a sociopath as well <clears throat> because psycho is so good but it was this one representation of like multiple personality disorder that happened to be the you know spoiler alert for <laughs> a movie from 1960 <laughs> that, like our, our three-hour psycho episode yeah i was gonna say go back go back and, and watch the, the first <laughs> episode of uh of uh, uh it was a uh, Murder, murder night. Wait, what was it? Murder yeah, night? murder night. Yeah. Again. And, murder, and this, murder night. Again. I mean, I'm glad we're not doing any movies where somebody's like a you know um, insane and a murderer because I feel like it would touch too closely onto that genre. Yeah, I mean, well, and also that's movie. what people we're doing. The most classic. We're, do, we, we're doing exactly. We're doing one, and we're closing the month with it. And I think it's important because it's like I, again, people, especially in the horror genre. Right. Like it's it, there. It, it's an easy it's an easy get to think about it that way. But it's crazy that like in just a few years and one really great film, it changed what people's ideas of multiple personality disorder are. Like people will still make jokes to this day about, like, oh, well, you know, watch out. I'm a serial killer, too. Ha ha ha. JK. Or am I, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just want to say, though, a sissy Spacek led uh, remake of um, Three Faces of Eve would have slapped. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, slapping all over the place. Because Sissy Spacek is amazing. So, you know, she she could have, um, you know, she, she could have made that movie where we're saying that we wish that uh, uh, that this one could have been. Is, is one what? of those personalities just Carrie? She's <laughs> <laughs> just like telepathic. <laughs> but you know, honestly, like like uh if you saw Castle Rock, like like yeah, um, I was gonna say the Castle Rock episode where it's like the best depiction of dementia ever put yes. like the Oh my gosh, that was so good. And it's um, like a bottle episode, and it's like it's like I felt like I was the only person that saw it, but I was like, Oh my god, this is no, incredible. No, no, that was that was all the awards for this. Like, yeah, no, no, that sh if you've not seen Castle Rock, you know, after you finish watching this, go to Hulu, watch Two, both seasons of it. You're, Second you're, season has a has Lizzie Kaplan as a young misery. Uh, uh, um, sorry, uh, Annie Wilkes for uh, from Misery. Wait, Annie Wilkes? No, what's the character's name? The 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 the, the fan of the author. Uh, she's, Kathy Bates. You just call her Kathy Misery. Bates. That's just like <laughs> Misery is the name of the character. Right? that's a yeah, that's her yeah. name, right? It's like <laughs> eat the egg, Smash Mouth, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like, but but it's like a, a prequel, and I mean, in the way that like any of them are, yeah, it's <laughs> basically it's kind of tied in. the conceit of the show was uh, Stephen King, yeah, anyway, because I had, I had to write the second time, yeah, yeah, so, but so. but I love Lizzie Kaplan, and she did a fantastic job. And Kathy, ba Kathy Bates said something very nice along the lines of like, uh, <clears throat> uh, um, Lizzie Kaplan is Annie Wilkes now, or something along those lines, and that's you know, misery made her career. Yes, yeah. that's pretty, pretty, pretty high freaking praise. But yeah, uh, Castle. I don't know why Castle Rock. There's so many lesser shows that. Whatever, I don't want to get into it. Whatever, anyway. But <laughs> I agree. That's. Uh, uh, um, I almost said Carrie. God damn it! Sissy SpaceX bottle episode about dementia is freaking astounding. I mean, her performance of the whole so show is great, but just that that one episode. That one episode, like, like, like goes above and beyond what the rest of yeah. uh, the show is, and just the fact that that. 
she can play mentally ill so well, uh, you know, and, and and be like, you know, as just so heartbreakingly good at it. Um, yeah. You know, it makes me really wish we got that uh, Three Faces of Eve remake with her. Because that would just destroy us. That would have slapped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that necessarily, though, that this woman really had a had a tragic story either. Right. Like, I did want to want to bring this into it too because I, I like that throughout the movie the doctor is um you know make sure to tell you over and over again I don't think she's crazy I don't think she's psychotic she just yeah. has these multiple personalities and it, it's kind of its own thing and you have to understand that like you know she's split off into these three different um I, I, I do like the I wish they delved more into the idea that like you know they've never really defined the personality as you know as as a, a standing thing like they've never really just defined it as a solid uh you know um yeah I, I don't even I mean he uses the the pathopsychological term but I don't even know how I would necessarily like they've never it's not fluid I mean it is fluid it's not uh it's not solid it's not like something that um that is really structured like your personality could, uh, your personality could change completely and you you could still kind of it doesn't make you crazy you're just kind of sectioning off parts of yourself um so i found that interesting because it seems like that's kind of progressive for the for its time right like they're not just kind of throwing her away like they, how they used to and instantly like, judging there's there's that like flash judgment thing going on that yeah a lot but yeah the, the weird thing though the one thing that stood out to me about this movie was the uh she attempted to murder her child at the beginning of the film and they never touch on that again for the rest this, of the film. This, it's like it's like reference and passing one time. And, and yeah. other than that, like, hey, mom, I don't really like I don't really like the the choking personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's it, not my favorite. It seems like you know this this stuff this movie was made when it was legal to beat the shit out of your children. So it's probably just like, eh, she'll be fine. Like she would have grown up getting Lock her ass off. whooped anyway. Like is <laughs> like every kid gets murdered, like uh, has an attempted murder story with their parents. Like yeah. let's be real. Like, but yeah, they or... were. They. I was surprised, like that the husband wasn't a little bit more mad i know he said if you get up i'll kill you but that was like it he's not like upset in the <laughs> no, that was kind of oh, a high like, hey, i was gonna murder our child yeah. hey yeah. <laughs> it's my job it's my job it's a man's job <laughs> women women just want to do everything in this relationship right, right women want to go to women, women want to go to the big apple women want to murder their kids Women are doing all the things that men want to do in this story. By the way, I don't know exactly where they were, but it's kind of weird that he's talking about the Big Apple, and then also he's going to Tallahassee. Those are diametrically opposed yeah. kind of looking. Is it a club in the Big sure Apple? Where this where this movie was taking place? Yeah, was the club Although, named the Big Apple? Was that is that? No, I thought life? I thought he was saying she kept going. Maybe the club was named the Big Apple. Maybe I was. But they never they never showed like an establishing shot. That was like one of the the weak points of the movie. Is like um yeah you, you know in comic books and in film you always want to like establish where you are uh and you do some kind of establishing shot and there's never like an outside of the thing you know to see that's the Big Apple. They just kept referring to it. I thought they were in Georgia for some reason. Which is why I found it yeah. weird. Yeah, like, oh, it, seemed, it seemed. Free. I had a weekend yeah. free, so I went all the way to New York City. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't I mean, make that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it kind of does because like it's like the same amount of distance from like San Francisco to like L.A., San Diego, which is like an eight-hour drive. 
Yeah, if you're from the West Coast, it's that. not long. It, it's not, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. used to be like we did, we would do weekend tours. We'd do that every weekend, you know, like whatever. No yeah, but, but that's like going to, from to LA to uh, Seattle or, or Washington. Is it? It's it's a bit, well, it's a lot further. It's um, uh, eight hours only gets you to like uh, halfway, so you get to DC. Mm. No, I, I I road tripped. I road tripped from um, I mean New York where I am to uh, twenty miles outside of Atlanta one time with uh, actually I just found out that that I went with my friend's family and the, I went with uh, my friend and his grandma and I found out the grandma passed away and no one had bothered to tell me about that. That made me really sad oh. the other day. But but I went down there to Atlanta with uh, with them. And I'm trying to think because we had to, we had to split it up into two days. It, it didn't. Uh, we had to like rest for a little while at like yeah. a, a weird motel where I met Methods for the first time because I don't know. I just had, <laughs> they were hanging out. They were having a good time. What a treat! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I did that in the back of a pickup truck. We have good old fashioned crackheads here, and we have tons and tons of um, you know, like like heroin addicts. Never really met a, a full blown like group of meth heads until I went to Virginia and stayed at a, a hotel. Oh, on my yeah. way What's a group of meth heads called? Mm-hmm. Is it like a murder of meth heads or uh, a meth? No, <laughs> a group. <laughs> um, good times. <laughs> <laughs> I was I don't quite know where to go with that. I have a couple of meth stories from growing up in Meth Desto, aka the meth capital. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I also spent you know most of the time as an adult living in Oakland, so you know got to see plenty of the other stuff as well. Lots of crack, lots of heroin, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Getting out of like an adult. These method. are the drugs I've seen. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Get your ADHD ways done. <laughs> I, I mean, but but this is like it's just kind of interesting that like to me it's just it's kind of small town USA. It's clearly somewhere in the south, like in mm-hmm. Arkansas, like Alabama, Georgia, maybe potentially. Yeah, I, thought like it, I thought it was Georgia because I thought that's why he ended up going to uh, Tallahassee. Um, yeah, well, they, they also they also you know mentioned her sister was in Atlanta um, or, or yeah. something yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, in the shoes, um, they were at like the Georgia University. But they never said where in Georgia, which I was just like, where where is it? Is that Macon? Come on, come on, tell me. <laughs> You have a theory? Write us and find out. Yeah. <laughs> where, I'm, trying where to see if, I'm trying to see if. Uh, oh, Jacksonville is where the husband goes. But I'm trying to see if they have a um, uh, a thing anywhere on it. Um, Don't know. Don't yeah, care. Well, anyway, so <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, it, it, they, they, the way they shot it, sort of like it, it doesn't matter because I think the idea is meant to be it's any town USA. In a certain yeah. Right? Like this could happen. And that's like, why the accent kind of like came and went too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. South Carolina. <laughs> your neighbor could be sawn in half exactly. in a lumber mill. It's... And then your child will develop <laughs> at least three personalities. At least three. One of which. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, South Carolina seems to be where it All probably right. was because it seems like the actual woman was uh, born and, and, and raised in South Carolina. So I'm assuming that's probably where it was. Um, Makes sense because in Atlanta, everybody was always going to South Carolina. So why not? <laughs> People in Atlanta, is that, is that going to be your stand-up bit? <laughs> yeah, People yeah, Atlanta, yeah. They always be going to South. <laughs> That's a joke. People laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So I, I'd assume that I, she's going back and forth. I guess she went to Manhattan Federal Court to um, that they said on that to kind of contest. Uh, 
whether she could continue this thing because I guess Fox is there. But I, I have to wonder, like, the Big Apple thing. I mean, I guess I'd assume that it was whatever bar is in their town that's called the Big Apple. Yeah, it's like there's a bar called The Office. Hey, I'm going down to The Office. Get it? Because I'm going to a bar and it's called... Yeah, we get it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we understand. Acknowledge. The casual, the casual, The casual abuse in this, like the casual physical abuse was kind of jarring, even for a movie, I think, from this era. And you kind of get the, I mean, a lot of movies you get the impression, like back in the 50s or whatever, like specifically, that you could just kind of, I mean, everyone was getting around, like running around, like beating the shit out of women anyway or whatever, and like at bars and stuff. But this movie kind of even took it further than that. There's the one guy that like grabbed her arm and then just like hit her at the bar and no one even fucking knew it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was rough. Yeah, I felt yeah. really sick kind of and, watching that My understanding of multiple personality disorder, and, and, you know, not to make this, you know, me an expert or anything, is that there's usually a personality that's there to protect the others. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we didn't see that. Like, like, like I was expecting, you know, just, just from um, my, my layman's uh, expertise on this to, to see that come out in that scene, which I was just kind of surprised she just sat there and cried. Well, I mean, I think I think that the the parts of her personality that are kind of trying to um, interact with like this incredibly patriarchal world where she kind of has no rights and it's kind of at this weird transitional period where obviously you can get a divorce, you can just go, hey, I don't want to you know be with my husband anymore, but it is kind of still looked down upon by everybody, and she doesn't want to do that because the parts of her that are docile and kind of. Um, are following the rules and don't really like she must have ended up with that guy because you know he's the the person that you know she met when she was young and she doesn't really think too much about it and she's trying to just force herself to feel some type of way about him and they make that clear um like it feels like those docile traits are in her original personality and then the e black personality is kind of like way more gregarious and kind of pushing those limits and saying like listen if he did anything to me i would just kind of you know get up get all up and like you know push him out of the way and kind of fuck him up. Like he, he wouldn't even know what to do with me. But then the time actually comes and she gets hit by some guy that she doesn't know, which, you know, is kind of a more terrifying thing, I think, than probably like that dopey dude that like, you know, you know that at some point he's probably not going to beat the shit out of you and just leave you for dead. Like he's, he's you know, whatever he's going to do. You don't know what that other guy is going to do. So it kind of feels like a moment where she realizes. He's like, an no, unknown commodity. Yeah, yeah. In that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I like that it isn't necessarily made like a major plot point, but it's a huge part to the story, you know? And like, and you get to see that, like, especially this is like when the, when the black character is like strutting around and kind of doing her stuff. And then it kind of just, that's a, that's a harsh reality that again, very em- emblematic of its time that, and no one seems to make that big of a deal of it too, which is also like, wait, what? Jesus. The bartender's not like, hey, you can't hit a girl here. Like the bartender's. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, hey, what's going on over here? (laughs) You need a hand, sir? (laughs) (laughs) She she still looks mouthy. Let me help you there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, harsh. That that definitely uh, was jarring. That was a jarring scene, I think, because it just kind of happens out of nowhere. And she's kind of being like, you know, her her, like kind of flirty self. And then he's like, no, if you don't come with me, I'll beat the shit out of you. You're like, holy shit, you could just do that in a bar. Like, that's, that's something that you could just. Like don't no one even looks over. Like no one looks over you yelling at this woman and punching her in the face. Like that's not right. <laughs> I don't know. So cool. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. Yeah, a little domestic abuse, you know. 
whatever. But it's not even domestic abuse because it's not like someone he knows. It's like just oh yeah, it's just assault. You're right. Yeah. Battery, yeah. Just assault up. between friends, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, battery if you connect is assault. It is battery right? if you connect. Yeah. It's the assault right. if you threaten. That's right. I assault Andy every time this shows on the air. <laughs> yes. No, so so that kind of is, that's kind of weird, and then you can also tell that um, it's a small enough community that uh, whenever she goes to that bar, someone tells the husband. So it has to be like you know people are kind of watching her to some degree and going hey you know your wife was out of the bar again singing to random guys getting assaulted like whatever the fuck happens at the big apple um you know like i don't know it's, you know, it's it's not something that it's not like she's in a, in a, in a new town where it's like nobody knows her she's in a town where everybody kind of knows this uh whole thing and she kind of is you know married and it's obviously a military base too yeah yeah some yeah some kind of military base and then uh, you know, she's also married to the dumbest guy on earth who, like, the second something happens, is like, hey, you're putting one over on me. And <laughs> well, that that's a crazy, that's a great scene, too. Cause, yeah, that, the, what was it? Ralph White, right? That's the, the character's name. Like, after being openly, like, disdainful and, like, kind of, you know, distancing and, like, you know, all the empathy of a freaking, you know, rock, uh, suddenly, like, is like, I was like, oh, hey, she's hot. You know, like, okay. And, and like, just is immediately like loses any of his quote unquote principled stands and what he thinks may or may not be happening to you the first second he thinks he might get some from the woman who also uh, let's be clear, is also his wife. Yes. Look at Glenn Whitewald over there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, but that, that's a, that's a great scene because um, how John Woodward portrays it as Eve black is so good. Cause it's very clear that she's like kind of, you know, toying around with them too. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, she knows what she's doing and she knows, she, I mean, and like, let's be quick. That guy has no surprises in his uh, portfolio, right? Like that guy's a pretty, like pretty much an open book. And the book is like a reader's digest. The book is one piece of paper that has like a couple words written on it. Right. <laughs> like, All right. Um, the no, book is a loosely dope book and the second page is a drawing of a penis. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. And there's coffee stains. And <laughs> right, exactly. Sticky stuff on the back. <laughs> a doodle animals, while he was on the phone. Animals yeah. not on the, on the side of the book. And like, they're yeah, just yeah. like a, you know. But I mean, presumably speaking though, um, that is kind of when that protection uh, personality kind of takes over because She's like, what can I get for, you know, the, all of these personalities, really, for, for myself, though, as a, um, like, you know, oh, I can get an extra dress out of it, or can I get this? Like, obviously, I'm going to kind of be hauled off to, uh, to Jacksonville either way. What can I really, I mean, can I get myself a better deal than what I have now? Um, because this guy kind of, I mean, you know, and, and I understand the social interaction of it, but, like, he's like, oh, well, I can't really, you know. Like, my wife wouldn't approve of me kind of seducing you. And she's like, but aren't I your wife? And then he's like, yeah, well, I guess you are. And like, there's this, this weird back and forth. Like, is this yeah. personality a completely different person? Or are they um, the same person and they're my wife? And, like, what the fuck is happening? So, like, her toying with him is kind of that back and forth. And I love when she gets off, gets up off the bed and jumps all the way. And is like, oh, you got to, like, buy me a dress first if you want to do anything with me. And then he's like, oh, I don't know if you're my wife or not. And she's like, well, I might be, I might not be. Like, want to buy me a dress and find out? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great scene. 
I think that's, I mean, and it's, and it's interesting because you also kind of don't, don't know where it's going to go. Like you kind of like, okay, this could go a couple ways, you know, this could get really dark. This could like, you know, go like very romantic, um, you know, low, low odds on that second one, considering the nature of the, the husband character. But I, you know, I, I thought it was cool because it, it showed that like, you know, as much as like E Black was like the party girl, right? Like she's, she knows what's up. Yeah. And it's interesting that every new personality that she has in real life, as well as in the story, uh, perceives everything else going on in her life. Like the, the most cognitively, cognitively limited of the personalities is her original or what she perceives as her original one, right? Like that kind of is kind of meek and, and each successive personality that she gets um, and develops uh, can see what's happening with all the other personalities, um, you know, from the depth and doesn't quite, uh, you know, it's interesting when um, you realize that the other personality, neither Eve White or Eve Black can see the Jane personality, like what's happening at that time. Like, she's like, she's like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on. Is that is that her doing that to me? And it almost feels like there's this conflict within the three personalities where it's like the more time that they spend as this Jane uh, character, who does seem to be the most put together, I guess, you know, it seems like she's maturing and those qualities of her maturing are coming off in this third personality. Um, yeah. Like it, it feels like it feels interesting that she can kind of perceive everything that's happening, but then she's this yeah. third person. This so independent personality. I, I'd be interested in hearing what our uh, resident elven princess uh, has to say about any of those uh, earlier topics. Miranda, do you have any uh, about the the whole like hotel husband exchange with Eve Black? Anything oh. to catch up out of you? I I just love the performance. It was yeah. she just did that coy little thing so well, um, and yeah, we'd love to see a like a slut winning. It's really it's it's just funny because like I said, you got to make them pay rent. You got to slut one of your personalities out for a new dress. Or, who am I to judge? Yeah, I'll just you get shit for some cute outfits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's the department store era, which is kind of a very interesting place to kind of set this because, you know, you go from having um, shitty fucking garment and textile um, places within your town that are just kind of coming up with whatever and like putting you at it and be like, listen, you're going to your husband. They'll love it. Whatever. Like, leave us alone. So, like, actually, you can get the design. It's an actual ad campaign, actually. The 30s were. You know, I wanted those shoes. The, like, shoes with the chandelier on them. I was like, oh, my God. She's yeah. She's good taste, so, whoever she is. It starts being a time period where, um, like, northern textile places that have been really working on it forever in New York City and all these places are able to just mass distribute these, um, these like, you know, like, outfits to down south and all this stuff. But the, the problem with it is, in this case, that, like, also the people at the store in your hometown, the department store, like, know your husband. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. She's getting, like, snitched on by everyone. Like, I think I would go crazy, too, if everybody was just, like, telling my business. Because it's, like, she never, like, well, I, I know it's a it's a film for the, for the censors, so I don't know how much of this is true. But it's, like, if you're not, like, actually sleeping with anyone and you're just going out and dancing, like, what's the problem? What's the beef? I can understand like, if you don't remember having sex with people and then that becomes, like, just a health hazard if you're not getting checked out and it's the 50s, you're not... <laughs> You're not getting checked out. <laughs> like that's where the where we get problems. But you know that's that's neither You're right, though. In, the, in the movie. So it's a, it's it is a kind of a town full of snitches, though. You're mm -hmm. right. Like everyone's like real busy. Like I guess there's nothing going on, so they have to you know. 
They just want those stitches. Maybe, maybe they just feel bad for the husband and they're like, oh, he's, he's a little slow. So, like, we got to. Really- <laughs> yeah, they feel bad for the husband, but then it gets, it's like, does nobody notice how she's a completely different person when you see her and doesn't remember being here? Because it would. That one's <laughs> you're not concerned a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, that would that's assuming that they acknowledge her as a person at all. Yeah. You, know, you see the. Problem. I also wonder how true it was that the psychiatric hospital was actually that nice because they're like this is not an asylum where there are bars and cages like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of funny watching this movie and uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest back back to back because like. There's that. I was watching that, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is like a nice asylum. This is or this is a nice psychiatric hospital. He's having a good time. It seems like everyone's kind of just hanging out." And then it's like, "Oh no!" Fuck. You didn't see the whole movie, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, like yeah. it's about a cool dude who hangs out with other cool dudes at the asylum. It's it's an awesome movie. It's a very it's a dudes friend. rock movie. That was uh, that was that was that was me. That was me when I was 15, but no one got lobotomized. <laughs> yeah. That's a good yeah. sock my way into some coochie. <laughs> no, that movie, that movie was crazy. He just kind of leave, like he he just kept leaving the fucking asylum, and it's like, I, at least now you can't do that. Like if you're in a psychiatric hospital, there's I, no. I don't, way I, I, yeah, I, I don't think they uh, they they like that back then either. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, I used to have a client who would like sneak out from the group home that he lived in and eat raw chickens in the middle of the night. He had like terrible pica. So he's just, there was like, just like a standing like charge to the Safeway across the street because he would just eat raw meat. Was was he, (laughs) uh, was he the the geek in the carnival in uh, Nightmare Alley? Something like 1947. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being that? Well, we asked the question: How does a man? How does a man get to be a geek? And apparently, that's the answer. <laughs> some motherfucker likes eating some raw chicken, you know? <laughs> really raw. Really raw chicken. Yeah. Dude, the research I did for that episode was a little bit like because the guy actually wrote like multiple books on that. The guy that wrote Nightmare Alley. Like mm-hmm. multiple books about that kind of process and like what it actually took to be someone that would end up. So there's like all these little cons that they would do to people where they're like, oh, first, like, you know, you have a razor blade that's like on your tongue and you slit the chicken's neck, but you don't actually have to eat it. And like, it's kind of this fake process. But like, as time goes on and you get the guy more and more addicted to shit, like you actually have him eat the actual chicken head at the end of it. But like, you have to actually ease the, the person into that. So they actually have these, like they have multiple books by the guy that wrote Nightmare Alley, where he's describing this process. And it was something that he apparently was kind of a little bit obsessed with. And he died at a very young age. Is it called, is it called Think Geek? (laughs) Thank you. The Ozzy Osbourne story? Yeah, exactly. Ozzy Osbourne Osbourne was born a geek, but. (laughs) Yeah, that was. Cocaine! I was trying to figure out how much research to do. Snort Stance. I was trying to figure out how much research to do, like to be doing up to that episode with Aline Jones, because I was like, "Yeah, like how much do I want to really know about this?" And yeah, I ended up doing like a, a medi- like a mediocre amount to the point where I actually listened to the first half of the Nightmare Alley book. And uh, yeah, no, they kind of describe the whole process of getting someone addicted so that they can be your uh, chicken head biter. <laughs> That's right. 
the content everyone craves. Yes. Here at Movie Next Extravaganza. What I do, what I do for this podcast is supposed to be a lighthearted movie podcast. Yeah. Wow, I hate geek. everything about me. what I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. I was on Long Island though at the time, bored for a week. So what the fuck else was I gonna do? I mean, I got to like go gotta, through the list of mysterious deaths on Wikipedia. I've done that so many times. I love that list. Go to Animeville House. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's like it's like in the middle of like a, a town. Like it's crazy. Did um, they? Is it true that they made an Amityville horror in space, or are intending yes. to, or something along those lines? That's. Hmm. I don't know if ghosts exist yeah, in space. I, I, like, ghosts I, are real, but ghosts in space. Yeah, and do I they have to wear like protective gear, or is it? I haven't chill? watched that one. I, I've only uh, I, I turned off Amityville in the Hood because it was just so bad. <laughs> Amityville in the Hood. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> hard, hard out. That's a pass. That's a pass for me. Yo, they better gentrify oh. Amityville. Oh, it's never not been gentrified. Um, but, but yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I I love me some space horror. You know, like it's that's 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 a great genre. Like un, well, under, under Elon Musk is gonna Elon or Ilona Musk now now that uh, you know Elon Musk is transitioning to um, <laughs> keep up with the fact that uh, Chelsea Manning has uh, you know has ended up with Brian. Uh, is that a uh, big He's news week? Molding on Twitter. He just is. Wait, what happened to Jenna the Puppy Girl or whatever her name is? <laughs> That was definitely that was definitely a meme, but uh, uh so Elon Musk changed his name to Twitter today. Elon Musk changed his name to, uh Twitter today. To I was gonna say it wasn't even a long tour, but I'm lost. I am so lost. He right did now. not actually do that. Yes, he did. I just I checked it. Check it right now. Elon Musk's name is Ilona Musk. And it's oh, because he... Chelsea. He's okay. he's he's having he's having a well, you guys, you guys a good Manning one. On. Oh my god! You guys had Chelsea Manning on pretty recently, right? Like a, a few you months did, ago. Yeah, for yeah. Our, like Hassan show. Uh, Forrest is correct. Yeah. So 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 Chelsea Manning's uh, Chelsea Manning is now dating Grimes, and the story that broke. that I somehow knew. Yeah, that I knew. That somehow got to me. So the, yeah. the story but broke. The Elon Alona Musk like molding. Absolutely. So the, story broke first, the, the story broke first about that. And then Elon Musk came out and said, Oh, it's a polycule or something, like and put like a statement out, like, oh, we're all together, which is not it's the case. Not. <laughs> so, that, so that was the second part of it. Then Elon Musk started going, um, like just going full transphobic to try to like whatever the fuck was happening. Like he's he's going through it. And uh yesterday he posted something that says Netflix waiting for the war to end to make a movie about a black Ukrainian guy falls in love with a transgender Russian soldier. And like then today after posting that meme, which is really dumb, um, changed his name to Ilona. <laughs> Ilona Musk. We live in the worst timeline. We live in a timeline where the richest person on earth is someone who's fucking nuts and weird. And we, we basically have, it's, it's white Kanye. Tell me it's a South rich African person Kanye. who's not completely nuts. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's... Oh, my God. You, you, you know how you much know. damage I could do, though, if I had as much money as Elon Musk and I was as nuts as, as I am? Like, 
things would not go well for me. Whatsoever. I would not be on the internet. I would be like on drugs 24-7 and not posting. My head would be between the breasts of a very beautiful model at all times. I don't know why these people are like this with all that disposable income. Well, the Elon Musk thing is he can get anything he wants. The one thing he wants is for people to acknowledge that he's good at posting memes, which he is not. He's not. So that is that is kind of the one thing that he can't have is people being like, ha your Twitter's funny. And everyone's like, dude, your Twitter fucking sucks. Your Twitter sucks. Stop being on Twitter. And because of that, he gets worse. And that's my theory about Elon Musk. And that's <laughs> why he hosted Saturday Night Live. He sucked on that, too. And he's 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 given a bad name to everybody out there with autism, but you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, was it the Nancy Kerrigan episode was better than that? So thanks everyone for listening to Movie Night Muscravaganza. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot your your daily dose of Elon Musk content. All right, so this is this is I have one more clip, and then we can go to the um, go to the old letterbox one liners. Thank God, we're getting uh, back to the subject. <laughs> Elon Musk. No, this is this is uh, Bob Hope presenting the award to Joanne Woodward for her performance. A queen. Um, Hell yeah. Let's get it. I couldn't really find. I mean, I usually find obviously the <laughs> boo Elon Musk. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bold opinion. That guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I usually I usually try to find stuff from the movies. There's not that much from the actual making of this movie that I could really find. So this is the uh, Oscar win. Hell yeah. And now to present the award for the best actress, the rough, tough idol of a million feminine hearts, two-gun, two-fisted, Mr. John Wayne, right here. Thank you, Bobby. Don't you think you put it on a little thick? Well, actually, John, I wrote that introduction for myself, but the place is crawling with integrity. Where have you been lately, Long John? Making a picture in Japan. Isn't that a little far west for a western? Oh, we had no choice. They've used all the Indians. They're all under hired television here. <laughs> well, what's the plot? Two wrestlers hijacking a stagecoach full of wonton soup? <laughs> Duke, let's get back to the plot here, huh? The nominations for the best performance by an actress are Deborah Carr and heaven knows Mr. Allison, Anamanyani, and Wild is the Wind, Elizabeth Taylor in Raintree County, Lana Turner... Peyton Place, and Joanne Woodward in Three Faces of Eve. The winner is... Joanne Woodward. only say I, I've been daydreaming about this since I was nine years old. Thank you very much, and thanks most of all to Nunley for having more faith in me than I think anybody could have. Thank you. I'm so glad we stopped the Elon Musk talk for this uh, video with some casual racism. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I was going to say, in some ways, the Oscars haven't changed y'all. In some ways, they've definitely changed, yes. 
the, the awkward like jokes that do not land, uh, th- those still happen. But yeah, a little bit less racist now. A little bit, you know, the suspicion. Yeah. Well, it's also two of the most um, wonton soup. Woof. Anyway, but yeah, good on you, Joanne. The most, uh, <laughs> virulent, virulent far right Hollywood figures, uh, kind of ever devised. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bob Hope and, and John Wayne, kind of um, full full blown Reaganites by the end of their lives. Um, yeah. Because he was their friend, but also like because they're just you know raving fucking lunatics. <laughs> the whole Damn. genre, the whole Western genre, as far back as John Wayne is, you know, just kind of glorifying a genocide. So, yeah, even even Stagecoach, which I quite like, it's the the depiction of the Native Americans is pretty much a drag. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I preferred I preferred uh, I preferred the racism to making awkward <laughs> speeches about being vegan. But you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> He's a niche audience, though. Uh, but well earned, by the way. I, I don't know if if y'all have are familiar with the rest of the movies that year, but uh, Three Faces of Eve, uh, uh, Joanne Woodward's performance is clearly the, the winner there. So they they got it right that year. Yes, I, I mean honestly, that would win most any year that that performance. Yeah, or at least should. No, Although, she really. I mean, she really did a great job when you actually look at the actual uh, footage of of Eve White. Um, I mean, not actually named Eve White, but they did name her that for this thing. When I was watching it the first time, and didn't know that that was like a, her actual name that they used in the documentary. Though I was like, really, Eve White and Eve Black. She has that little imagination that <laughs> the opposite characters. <laughs> well, what, and of course, be, uh, who yeah. can forget child actor Jack Black? <laughs> I was expecting an Eve Gray in Battle of the Balrog, you know, but that didn't happen. Got it. <laughs> Marina, you got an Eve White joke? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you, you know, because there are so many, especially uh, with the best actress category. Like, I think that there, there tends to be like a few kind of like approved best actresses, right? Who, who get them. And then there's, Folks that clearly should win. I mean, this always happens, but like think of Amy Adams in Arrival. I don't think she even she even nominated for that. And it's like it's astounding. She's so great at that. And uh, you know, like whatever. Anyway, the Oscars. Crazy man. Bob Hope, John Wayne. Let me say something racist. We'll get on to the letterbox one-liners, everybody. That's right. Three faces of Eve. Uh, of course, Letterboxd is a place for film. It is a place where everybody gets to talk at with and to each other about the movies that they love, the movies that they maybe do not love the movies that they want to discuss of which one of the best for us anyway uh ex- uses of that site is to express yourself in reviews uh of the one line of variety there's no siskels and eberts there's no uh the lore's no masters everybody gets to have uh their say all their personalities and uh, that's what this bit is there's a letterbox one-liners uh for three faces of eve I wish Eve had a fourth face who was a great screenwriter. (laughs) (laughs) I like the film, but possibly Zach. Yeah, got him. All three faces look like Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? That's a bell that was rung for me. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Can't unsee now. Yeah. Yeah. When that I makes think that it's, it's, it's nose and it's face shape, I think. Uh, That's a, yeah. Good acting, no story. Also, fuck the husband. I would conjure a personality to cheat on him too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
That dude fucking sucks. That dude is a scarecrow. That dude is a scarecrow from Wizard of Oz, but like the the actor playing him. You know what I mean? That's like just the brainless farmer guy. He's just that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Eve Black was so hot. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a statement of fact. We need to say anything. You'll get it. Nope. Damn girl with the curtain wire. I. I think no one mentions that, but you know, <laughs> the kid is like, Oh, I didn't like when that happened. It was like, uh. For class, apparently, too, is the tag for that. Eve Black can get you past the bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> true that. It's, it's true. This is true stuff. Nobody can get you past the bouncer like Eve Black. They should have given her an Oscar with three heads. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Care out for that one. Psychoanalysis never looks so easy. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not good. He gives the Steve Harvey face. Every fucking time something happens, he gives the fucking gaping mouth Steve Harvey face. And like yeah. it's just like, oh wow, no, like this has never happened before. And she's like. I've turned into a third person now, and he gives you the fucking uh, Steve Harvey doing the ju- like judging face, where for the first time ever, or Steve Harvey when someone on Family Feud mentions a penis, and he's just like shocked by it. <laughs> you know, he clearly queued it up, but anyway. <laughs> I'd seriously party with Eve Black. That chick knows how to have a good time. Let's hand up with that one. She can sing yeah. like a motherfucker, too. Yeah, it's got a nice voice, presence. Hey. Yeah, I was not expecting this to be a musical. Watch with mom is a tag on that one too. By the way, that's a good. One. <laughs> Love those music cues when she changes personalities. Agreed. I think uh, I think her uh, the the Eve Black theme especially like that's a that's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. When when I watched it right, I the first time and hadn't seen any of the footage that we watched uh, that I was researching afterwards. Um, and they would just say the name of like the personality, and she would suddenly appear like. It's not that. That's not true. That didn't happen. And then I watched the footage, and he's just like Eve Black, and she actually does it. And I'm like, oh yeah. fuck! Oh, All right, my that's, bad. That's yeah. <laughs> my bad. My bad, y'all. My bad. <laughs> and those are the Letterbox one-liners for Three Faces of Leaf. Follow Moving Extravaganza on Letterboxd, uh, which is really this man, uh, your host, Forrest Miller. I, of course, am Coda Neutron. I'm on Letterboxd as well. J. Andrew World is not underneath me. It is over in this area of the Hollywood Squares. Uh, he is on Letterboxd as well. And Marina, I don't think you are in Letterboxd, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go You have to go to other parts of the internet for, for Marina to give her opinion. Uh, Andy? True. Yes. Uh, Take it away. If you're watching this right now on um, Twitch, please uh, subscribe. If you happen to have an uh, uh, Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe. That's yeah. for free. Uh, for you, but that actually does really help us out. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, hit that bell icon, and you know, don't don't just lightly touch it, just hit it. And um, once you hit the bell icon, I will change personalities completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the musical cue. Um, and you know, play the video to the end because that also helps us out. But um, uh, you can uh, uh, comment too because that again, that's all the all of the algorithm. The algorithm's weird. They want comments. They want you to watch the video to the end. All that good stuff. 
but we also have a Patreon. You to put a, an a at the I, I don't want either of those things, but the algorithm wants it. Yeah. The algorithm wants it. We must. They want you to put the an algorithm. A at the end of your name. Just transition your gender on Twitter. You don't have to do anything yeah. else. Just get get your wife back. Get your wife back. Try to. <laughs> have, if you're watching this. <laughs> By the way, trade up. I would say Chelsea Manning from Elon Musk. Trade up. I love Chelsea Manning. Like I, I hurt. Well, number one, I just think she's an American hero, and I don't mm -hmm. think like we've had that. Like the, the the other American heroes, quote unquote, that we've had is kind of disappointed us, even within that sphere. Like even, I mean, Glenn Greenwell, obviously, but like you know, just even within that kind of whistleblower sphere, Chelsea Manning is someone that's never disappointed. Uh, in in that department, so maybe I'm just I'm, I'm just rooting for her in that sense. But like, I I think her tweets are fucking hilarious, and the fact that she's just like engaging with people in in the same left Twitter sphere that I am, kind of makes me like root for her even more. Because I'm like, yeah, this is like some like this is like when someone that you don't really know but like graduated ten years ahead of you in college or high school or something like hits it big, yeah. and you're like hometown hero over there. <laughs> okay, can can I finish up talking about Patreon? I was going to say you walked over our, our uh, <laughs> plugs for the show, but that's okay. Yeah, because yeah. if you want to hear more of uh, Forrest's thoughts about uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Manning, Manning, join us over on Patreon because he will make those videos just for you. And right. Audience <laughs> of one, just you. You're the only one that wants it. Yes. <laughs> no. that way. Help us out. <laughs> Narrowcasting, moving to extravaganza. Listen, if you really, if you join, you know, the highest echelon of our Patreon, I will take my phone to the bar. I will record myself. I'll sing. I'll, I'll get in front of everyone at the bar and I'll sing and I'll get slapped around by an army, uh, you know, an army guy. <laughs> a sailor. <laughs> yeah. It would have been actually kind of funny if it was a sailor. And I hate to say that, but like, if it was like a guy in like one of the, 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 uh, Channing Tatum and oh. in, in Hail Caesar. <laughs> yeah, the, with those outfits, it's like, how could anyone ever take you seriously? Other than like Popeye, you know, I wouldn't take anyone in that outfit seriously. <laughs> oh no, he's getting the spinach. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask. Mark Kendra, I'll, Robin Williams. I'll, have, I'll have one shot of spinach. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know I had a wildly weird idea about spinach as a kid because of those cartoons. Same. It was not nearly as awesome. Yeah. And my fucking parents tried to bribe me to eating spinach. They're like, oh, it is iron. And much like Popeye, it is iron. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It fucking sucks. Fuck spinach. And they're like, no, listen. <laughs> my, my parents said anything that was green was called was spinach. And like mm -hmm. we'd go to um like uh uh you know out to eat someplace at like a uh, some steakhouse or, uh, you know, like there, there's a chain of steakhouses that had a mega bar and, and uh, it was a huge salad bar that had like so many other foods, but whatever. Um, and they, they would constantly bring back green stuff from the, from the mega bar and be like, it's spinach. Don't you want to be like Popeye? Uh, yeah. Here's, here's, here's some, here's some kale. Green kale and call it spinach, but there you go. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, That's the salient salad bar topics that we didn't know we needed. So, <laughs> switch it over to final thoughts. Um, starting with Marina, anything anything you really want to bring up from this? Um, I wish. I mean, this movie kind of didn't have that much. Uh, you know, I mean, it kind of was pretty straightforward. So, like, our conversation for this obviously has gone all all over the place for that reason. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the reason, right? Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't like a fantastical thing, but it was. <laughs> 
it was interesting. Like it was still interesting. It's still like a captivating film. It, it's the first depiction you see of it. And it's honestly really surprising how well they do it without it being voyeuristic or without it being like, um, making mental illness out to be something that needs to be stigmatized. It's just, it's actually a really stunning piece for the time. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I don't have anything to, uh, to add to that. I, I do think that they were very careful about it too, which I kind of appreciated for the time. Like I, I don't, um, I mean, it might've had to do with the censors might've had to do with, uh, you know, just that it was a, a, a new subject matter but you don't usually see that with movies like a lot of times i mean maybe it's the fact that the two doctors were really the ones that were helping co-write it but like you know the fact that they were kind of delicate with the subject you're like oh well who the fuck expects that from a 50s movie you kind of expect her to just like you know have a comedy as a third personality <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be like you know completely blown out of uh, proportion like in like reefer madness or or um yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, something like that, where it'd just be ridiculous. Cartoony and kind of, yeah, over. So I'm half, I was half surprised they didn't lobotomize her at the end of the movie. She actually had a happy ending. Or she didn't She's, try to eat the baby or something. Yeah. So everybody lived happily ever after. And they were, they were very, they were careful about making sure that you knew that she wasn't psychotic. She wasn't, um, I mean, she did try to kill her kid, but, you know, we don't think about that. Her kid, you know, whatever. That was a one-time thing. She never yeah. did it again. <laughs> But like they were very careful to make sure you know like it's not craziness in the way that we think about it. She kind of has compartmentalized these three sides of her to different parts of her, uh, like you know, um, just consciousness, I guess. Like, and and they made sure to like that you realize that like, hey, this is not someone who's psychotic that like is running around and doesn't make any sense. Like these are just personalities that are compartmentalized within this woman's brain. Some of them are thoughty, maybe, but like that's the worst it really gets. Like she'll pay for that in the next life <laughs> just kidding um yeah conan <laughs> following that huh all right uh yeah i mean i think marina said it all pretty well that you know i when we're talking about doing uh you know movie night madness there's obviously a hundred thousand movies that come to mind and some folks might look at this as like you know eat the eating your greens Part of the curriculum uh maybe but I, I think it is an important film and it's an important film for all the reasons mentioned and it's 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 interesting it's cool and uh joan hubert's fantastic i mean absolutely fantastic in it and it's um one of the first depictions of a thing that later became a trope and it's you know if you are interested at all in movies sometimes people who are interested in movies are interested in where things came from it you know this kind of came from here and again hijacked completely by psycho and and sort of immediately became something else uh but it's worth watching just because of that and also um the dirtbag uh joke of a husband guy uh, played the mad hatter in in the adam west batman tv show too amongst other things he did other, other things as well but since we talk about comic stuff quite a bit here i thought i'd bring that up for andy there's uh there's a guy she ends up with too that he's like She's like explaining her condition to him, and he's like, uh, he's "Like, oh, I don't mind. Like, you know, it doesn't bother me. You have three personalities." And there was a part of my brain that was screaming, and that was like, "No, red flag, red flag." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you say that now. I listen. I, I've dated someone with 
claim to have multiple personalities. Not not something maybe that you um, are ready for in the car, uh, having a conversation casually about it, where you're just like, oh, you were in the paper, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, Andy, final thoughts. Yeah. I mean, everybody pretty much hit the, you know, this movie is pretty simple, straightforward. Um, uh, yeah, you know, her her husband sucked. Yeah, the guy who she ends up with, lots of red flags there in that uh, the one scene he's really in. Um, uh, although it does seem like there's a happy ending, so, you know, who's to say? Um, th- this movie certainly is uh, prime for, for a, a uh, remake, but, like, you know, with the, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to say if the remake could be as gentle or as uh, forward-thinking as this movie was. And that's, uh, you know, certainly a good question to ask uh, if that if that ever happens. Uh, or is, uh, you know, 20th Century Fox just going to, wait, they're owned by Disney now. Is Disney going to keep all of the rights um, uh, to her life story like this? And, Although they and probably that is will a, do a live-action remake. So I, I feel like we've become more um, cognizant, I guess, of our treatment of mental illness in general, right? Like mm-hmm. we were like, oh, well, you know, you need to end the stigma. Like at least the general population is like, you need to end the stigma. All of it, like pretty much all of us are mentally ill to some degree or another, like have something, you know, we all need to work on it, whatever. But at the same time, I feel like we've also become um, far more exploitative in some ways than than you could really get away with this time. Like we've kind of hit peak exploitative, we've kind of hit peak uh, destigmatizing, and like what would win out in, in, a, in a remake of this movie? It would be an interesting question to ask, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, my final thoughts is, and listen, would it have hurt her to have some dreadful, shocking experience when she was little? Something dreadful she saw in the attic? Mm-hmm.